Welcome back to Legacy Builders, everybody. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for joining us on our, um, our parenting series. We're super excited to get in today um, and talk about the age groups like four through eight slash like grade school ages. Um, so anywhere from like preschool to sixth grade is what we're talking about. Last time we talked a little bit about um, newborns to three years old. And so now we're going to get into the next age group. Anything else you want to say, Dad, before we jump right in? No, just say, hey, everybody, thanks for joining us. Glad you continue to tune in and we trust that this is going to be another fun episode and you're going to learn lots of information today. So thanks. Uh, thanks for tuning in. I love this age group. Personally, it was a, it was a fun age uh, to raise kids and just we loved it and so Good. looking forward to talking about this age group i hope every age group hasn't been too bad <laughs> no it, it gets it just gets better i don't know i think when when you're excited to you know to raise kids and be a parenting i mean every age group is is fun for me it's been fun but uh i just like this age group you know that's they're just so curious and just want to explore and you're just starting to identify you know who they are who they're starting to become and and it's just it's a lot of fun so what's the biggest differences entering into this age group like once you kind of hit older threes like four like what changes well again they're they're starting to take on their own personality they're starting to kind of be interested in in their own things and that you can start to see the uniqueness you know of of them and um that you identify their strengths or weaknesses um, it's just it's a it's a really fun age you, you kind of get past well hopefully most people get past the you know the initial discipline part of, of raising the kids like we talked about in last episode you know two three years old i mean for for me those were the ages that we, we really had to establish those those boundaries and those rules and have done properly i mean the rest of the years I mean, yeah, there's still work to be done, but it's not as it's not as discipline intensive as it is in the first few years establishing who's the boss, as we as we called it in the last episode. Mm -hmm. So what are some <clears throat> of the like main things you're teaching or like parenting in this season? Like what are the things you're trying to teach the kids? Well, so my biggest foundational thing that, and this is for me, and again, just to kind of preface, if you didn't catch the first episode and you're just tuning into this one, we're, we're just sharing our own experience, our own journey, things that, that we, our ideologies. So we're not, by any means, are we saying that this is the best way, that we're the only way, the right way, the better way. We're just saying this is us. This is who we, what we chose to do. And, um, you know, you just take it as a, one of the items on the buffet table, you know, this is a one person's um, experience in, in how to raise kids and thought processes. I mean, I, I, I picked up these ideas from other people. So if we don't share our ideas, our ideas can't be processed and utilized later on. So that's all this is about. We just want to share ideas. And we're, again, by no meaning, no means are saying that we're better than anybody and that, you know, we, we did everything right because we didn't do everything right. This isn't about right or wrong. It's just about a process. It's about, you know, ideologies. 
And uh, so for, for me, Jody, we, we decided we wanted to raise leaders. That was our foundation. Um, we just believe that, that we as individuals and people are created in God's image and likeness, whether they accept that or not, uh, doesn't, you know, doesn't change the truth in our opinion. And um, <clears throat> so with that said, we believe that everybody's created to be a leader. And so in our, in our training, uh, some of it discipline, you know, we, we used as, as our, as our foundation of, of parenting and, and raising our children as we're, we're training them to be leaders. And so that's the biggest difference now is, you know, early on in the, in the previous age group, we're not necessarily training them at that point to be leaders. But now in this age group, the dialogue is different. They're start, they're questioning, they're exploring, they're experimenting, they, we're able to start working at a small age, age-appropriate leadership training in, in different ways. And so now we're starting to create this culture, this environment where the kids can start to identify who they are, start to identify their leadership skills, and just create a safe environment for them to, to grow in those, in those areas. And I think, too, one of the other really big things that changes in this season is um, if you choose to go to public school, your kids are now in school. I mean, they're learning different ideas and just learning things in general, seeing and experiencing other kids in their life and stuff like that, especially in those older grades. Um, and so it's a lot of new things that are introduced to your kids in this age range um, from preschool to sixth grade. Right. And so I think too, like, I mean, one thing I remember is we would ask the why question on like, well, why can't we do this? Or um, why can't I get this? Or why can't I have all these things? Or just all these kinds of questions. Like when you're two to three and your kid's asking why, it's more of a game. Right. Them. They're not like really asking why. It's a game out of like, they're just learning that curiosity thing. Um, but I feel like when you hit these ages, like, they're asking why to genuinely seek an answer. Like, yeah. and your answer was revolved around leadership. Right. And so you would always be like, well, I'm training you to be a leader. Um, so that's why you can't sneak out with your friends. Or that's why you can't just go and do whatever you want because I'm training you to be a leader. And so that changes the perspective. And I think we hit on it a little bit in another episode where we talked about this why question um I think it was in our relationship series where we talked about this why question and um why it's important to have an answer to that yeah and you know in in, in my opinion you know if parents don't have an answer to the why question you you just automatically are behind now it's the, the kids are leading you in my in my opinion if you can't answer this why question and I'm not, I'm not a big fan of the answer to the why is because I said so, because I'm the parent and I said so. That may be true. You're right. You are the parent. You said so. I just, I just think there's more that we can offer the kids as to an explanation than because I said so. And what happens is that answer and that response does not build trust. It does not build relationship with with your child. Mm -hmm. And that's what's happening in this, in this age range. They're starting to 
you've established a boundary. There's a trust that's already been established, or at least for, for me, when we in, in the you know two and three-year-old range have identified who's, who's the boss, we've identified boundaries, and um, you know, we, and discipline was um, the, the training ground. But now it's not, you know, the, the spankings aren't in the discipline aren't as as often at this in this stage if you did the first stage right if you well. did the first stage well yeah okay and you know the kids aren't always pushing the boundaries they now know the boundaries they know where the safe they know where the safety zone is they know you know where what they you know can push and, and not push but so now it's a matter of we're going to now expand those boundaries we're going to now help them to push those boundaries in 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 safe ways Okay. And so then they're going to be asking, they're going to experience, like Madison said, they're going to go to school and this family doesn't do the same things as we did. You know, their kids get away with things that our kids don't get away with. So now they come back and are asking, well, why, why can't we do what Johnny's doing at school? Well, I don't know much about Johnny's parents. I don't know much about Susie's parents or whoever's, you know, I don't know what they do. I don't know what their where what their background is. I don't know what their foundation is. All I know is this is what we're training you to be leaders. I don't know what they're training them to be. Right. And so we have leadership discussion. You know, and, and leaders don't do everything that's popular all the time. They're not trying to fit in all the time. They're not trying to be like Johnny and be followers. I'm trying to teach you. There's a reason. Yeah, I hope you experience differences you know, Madison, I hope you see this. I, I'm trying to train you that you now get to help make a choice as to what you want. I don't want you to want something because Susie has it. I want you to want something. Tell me why you want it. You want it just because I said no. See, now the problem is never the problem. You know, so now I'm going to introduce that concept in this age group because the problem is never the problem. In, in, in life, in many instances, I teach Madison, I teach my kids that all the time. Yeah. Many we did people. a whole thing on this in relationships. Yeah, in things. relationships, the problem is never really the problem. You know, so the problem isn't that, you know, they, they want this or they want that. You know, there, it's deeper. It's deeper than that. And so I want to help them understand, well, why do you want it? You know, and well, I just want it because you, you said I can't have it. So see, now that's what the problem is. So now it's the boundary issue again. You know, and so are we, are we still building trust? Are we still training them to be leaders? Well, I think another thing just on the, because I said so note, like when you don't say just because I said so, and you actually give an answer and actually start getting into this discussion about leadership and getting into the, allowing that kid to really ask you questions and be curious. It's cultivating that culture of coming to you and asking questions. Um, right. It's creating, like you said, that relationship, that's trust, which then cultivates respect um, for the parent. Ultimately, um, when you just say, because I said so, it's now a power struggle between you and your kid every time. They're obvi- They're like, okay, well, they're just going to use the boss card every time. All right. Cool. Right. Like, and so once you get into the middle school, high school ages, like that doesn't roll with them anymore. Right. Like, that's just not okay anymore to just say, because I said so. Yeah. And so, um, yeah. So yeah, we'll we'll table that. <laughs> for, that's a, a hot button for Madison. Hot button. So we well, will. I just think like I mean, it's important for parents to understand that if you just shut down your kid at a young age, like 
you're you're just not building that relationship right and then it's just, yeah, it doesn't create a respect and mutual respect between the two of you when you don't allow your kid to be curious and ask questions. Right. And I think it's such a hot button for me too, because I'm like, your kids in this age group, like as the parent, you're creating the values for this kid. You're creating the foundation and they should be able to come to you with and ask safely their questions because schools nowadays, you're not really allowed to safely ask your questions right. to teachers and stuff like that. So if they can't come to you, parents, like who else are they supposed to go to right. to learn values, to learn life lessons and at, be curious with? That's why it's a hot button. Yeah, no, it's exactly <laughs> right. And that, I mean, that just, I mean, the thought that came to my mind as we're talking about this, it goes back to my, one of my number one sayings is that parenting is never convenient. And I mean, and that's an interesting statement because uh, I, and Madison can share share her thoughts on this. Um, I'm pretty sure I know what she'll what she'll say, but I mean, I, I remember for a long time she never thought that it was inconvenient. Yeah. I mean, because I never I never gave off the impression that when they came to me and wanted to talk and have these discussions and we had these discussions that it was never inconvenient. For me I would say until we started this podcast and kind of went down the path of parenting can be inconvenient then I was like oh I mean I guess there was some times growing up that it was probably inconvenient for you but not to say like you said like you didn't never acted that way right and it's it's a balance and it's something that um in, in Madison will in We'll, we'll appreciate this because as she takes on um, parenting later in life, that she will she'll be like, okay, now I understand what Dad was talking about. It's not that it's an inconvenience to raise my kids. It's just it's just never convenient. There's never convenient timing because we're dealing with the stress of life. I mean, we're dealing with we could have just you know got bad news on our job. We could have had a rough day at work. Um, you know, the, some, sometimes, I mean, the, the bills aren't getting paid on time and there's a stress of feeding the kids and making these decisions and just all the, all the stresses that it comes with putting a roof over your head and food on the table. There's a lot of pressure. There's a lot of stress. And then all of a sudden we get the why, well, how, what about the, you know, and then these questions and we have to be able to not, like you said, shut that relationship down, but now focus and okay, it's not about me. I'm trying to raise this leader. So I have to be a leader right now in this moment. I have to show strength because they need to see strength. They don't need me to show my weakness in all the stuff that I'm dealing with. So parenting happens at inconvenient times. We're not making light of it. We're just, we're just telling you parents, we get it. You're experiencing parenting right now and it's never convenient. We're just telling the truth. Yeah, as I talk to more parents and hear more of their stories and stuff, I can see how it would be so easy to just not have the conversation or to just right. not implement the values or to just let let it slide this time. You know, like to if they don't want to do their homework, to just not let them do their homework, to not sit at right. the table and help them with it. I can see how that would be really easy. Yeah, I mean, it's so... It's so difficult to stay consistent. It's so difficult to just be stable in your in your teaching and your upbringing and your in making sure they follow the boundaries. 
because they're always being pushed. They're always being tested. And um, so, yeah, it's, it's just difficult at this age because, I mean, again, it doesn't get any cheaper to raise the kids. And then now at this point, if you're, if you're raising, you know, a child in the four, you know, four to what grade school, grade school level right now, this is kind of what we're talking about this. Yeah. I mean, chances are you don't just have one kid. So now chances are you've got maybe two, three, five kids, who knows? I mean, now there's multiple kids. And so now the time factor that in the attention needed and desired by each one of these kids is they're all at different ages now. They're all different personality types. And so they, we, we had our kids, they're four, four years apart. Like Madison, when Madison was a senior in high school, we also had a sophomore in high school and a freshman in high school. So they had them in four years yeah. time. We're not four years apart. It's like, bam, bam, bam. Yeah. In four years. In, yeah. So when we're talking about, we're raising, you know, ages four or five you know six years we have three kids right now at this point in time one of them special needs that we found out now talk about life throwing you a curveball right and so and we'll we'll talk about that we're going to do a whole episode just on special needs parenting yeah. you know so now we got all this to deal with and making sure that the youngest isn't being neglected because that's what happens a lot of times is the youngest now gets you know doesn't get as much attention as the first and the second, especially the special needs one gets, you know, so it's, it's tough. We're just, we're just acknowledging parents that it's tough. We know it, we get it. And at the same time, your, your kids are looking for a, a, a security. They're looking for stability. They're looking for consistency. They, they, they are, they're trying to figure out these life experiences as they're going to school or some of you might be homeschooling. I, I think that's awesome too. That's a tough challenge in and of itself. We tried that for a year. It didn't, it didn't work the way we, we thought it was going to work out. And so well, you had a thought. Yeah. I just think um, going back to that and how, so life threw you another curveball with mom having a surgery and stuff. And we were all really young, just mm, yeah. entering into this, this <sighs> school like age group and stuff like that. And so, but all the memories that I have from that time period in the season that you guys, like while you were under so much stress, cause all of the responsibilities were now on you dad. And like, we've had conversations about it and just some of the, the stressors you had to deal with in that season, um, taking on really everything. Cause mom um, had a brain tumor and so, but all of the memories that I have from that season aren't of those like bad things where it could have been this trauma that we really remembered. Um, but I just remember like us playing Barbies or having these memory like matches or stuff like that. And so like, as a kid, we never knew that you were going through maybe all of these stressors or we don't remember that season being, well, not we, I can only speak for myself. And Michael, Michael doesn't remember. Michael's the special needs brother. Um, but yeah, so just like those types of things were, we don't remember that. Like, I don't remember that. I just remember the softer, the more peaceful times of that like age group. And so still the earlier age groups of like four to, to six or something, I don't really remember that much but those are a couple core memories that I do remember and so yeah I mean parents the kids either remember it being a really stressful time and 
you always being upset or I remember peaceful moments. Yeah, that's a good, you know, thanks for sharing that. Um, you know, and we, we never know. I, I think later, even like we're talking about this age group kind of establishes that, that um, relationship and that trust for the next, the next age group that we'll yeah. be talking about next time. You know, because now there's a, there's a, a comfort and a safety to be like, okay, I can come and talk to dad about stuff. And so we establish these trusts and, you know, and even, you know, now, even at this age group, we talked about this before, um, we can share, share a little bit about this, that we're even starting to train you as we're training leaders. One of the things that I always wanted to do with my kids and it's sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't, but I always wanted, I always like to be as, pre- as prepared as I can. And I, now I want to make sure, try to prepare my kids as best as I can for what they're about to experience. And so we start talking about things like peer pressure and, hey, you're going to, you're going to experience this stuff. You know, you got kids that are pushing envelopes. You're, you're in school now. You're, we, we chose to send our kids to a public school and, um, you know, it's just, they're just exposed to all different types of attitudes, mentalities, mindsets, um people people i mean yeah behaviors again none right or wrong or good or bad it's just different and but i think too if you don't like as a family if you haven't like don't have those values set in place like like you guys talked about and discussed like before even having kids what those values would be then it is just a free-for-all and if johnny comes and acts a certain way and we come and say why it's like well why not go ahead, act like Johnny, right. you know? And so, or yeah, sure. We can, we can do this or you can do that. It's just kind of on a whim, kind of figuring out what the values are. And so um, keep going with your thought, but. Yeah. I mean, we always, we believe that um, either, either we have a plan or, or life, everybody else has a plan for your life. And everybody's got opinions and plans for your life. And if we don't have a plan, if we don't have a foundation and have some substance, then our kids are just tossed out into the world to try to figure out everybody else's plan for their life, how they should live, how they should believe, how they should think. Um, you know, we're, you know, we're providing a voice, a security. Yeah, some in some ways we're cultivating their mindsets and their and their behaviors. But I'm building legacy. See. I started off early on with, with legacy in mind. So I, I want to have some things. I don't want to just build a legacy and then try to entrust something into some kids who just don't have, just are, don't have any discipline. Don't, don't have, didn't help train along the way. Yeah. It didn't help train that they don't have the same values. I mean, we'll get into that, you know, later episodes, but yeah, when you're building legacy, there's a lot more things that are important than just, Oh yeah, whatever. You know, if you want to adopt, you know, kids want to act like this or that no problem. But so for me, we wanted to train, we wanted to train and, um, and, and prepare as best we can for situations and things that would come up because we're training leaders and not followers. So I would use situations that they were involved in to make sure that they're, they were starting to build confidence. They, they were starting to build um, their own sense of leadership. And so I would talk to Madison. I'd say, okay, now you, you got these friends you're good now now they want to spend the night over over people's house so we're like okay i said so here's what's going to happen i'm just telling you here's what's going to happen you're you're some of the kids are going to want to do stuff i don't know what that what that entails you know they may want to sneak out or something at night and 
um, we're just prepping that you don't have to follow them. You know, you're, you're away from us. Now you're going to experience making your own life choices, your decisions, and you're going to have to experience what that feels like. Because to be the one to stand up to the crowd is not an easy thing to do. There's an emotion involved in that, and which is why a lot of people end up following the crowd to their detriment sometimes, not to their benefit, because everybody else is doing it. And I don't want to feel, I don't want to, you know, have people make fun of me, or I don't want to be the oddball. And so there's this peer pressure. We talk about peer pressure and what happens in peer pressure and not how we don't need to, to um, submit to peer pressure. We need to stand firm in who we are and we need to stand firm in what we want to do. And so this is, you know, I tell her this is about leadership. So, you know, we're just prepping and, you know, you're going to experience this. And I'll never, never forget one, one night, you know, Madison went and spent the night and she came back with this story. I, I can still remember like, so that was the first moment I experienced peer pressure. And I think that's why it was so, so huge of a conversation and sticks out so much in my mind. Um, because we, I went over to a sleepover and it got, there was like five or six girls there. Um, and one of them was like, Hey, we should sneak out. Um, and so it got around the circle. A couple of the other girls were like, yeah, let's sneak out. Yeah. Let's sneak out. I got to me and I was like, well, I don't want to. And so, um, I think actually like pretty much all of the girls had said, yeah, like let's, we'll sneak out. Yeah, let's do it. And so it got to me, um, like second to last, last, something like that. And I was like, I don't want to. And so just remembering that feeling of like how hard that is to say that and to actually get over that hump was like huge. And then a couple of the other girls were like, actually, I don't want to either, or actually, I don't want to either. And so experiencing that was just so so huge for me and then um going and talking to my dad and just him being like just the best hype dad ever of like oh yes you you did it like good job and just building that confidence in young Madison that like oh my gosh you did so good like you said no like how did that feel like let's talk about it um just all of that it really helped in my middle school high school years to be able to say no more so then like when more intense things are happening than not, not just sneaking out. But I was like, okay, I could be the oddball here. Now I can be the oddball for the rest of my life and we'll be okay. Like to experience that and then to understand that you're gonna be okay um, was just such a cool feeling. And I think the biggest thing was knowing like at that time that even if I said no and nobody supported me here, but I still had a parent. I still had a dad at home that was going to support me in this decision. And so even though I might feel alone in this group right now, at least I can go talk about it with my dad and like, he'll be excited that I said no, and he'll support me and build that confidence. And so you prepare, if you hadn't prepared me for that situation and hadn't told me that it's okay to say no, like, where was I supposed to get the concept that it was okay to say no? Right. I mean, at that point, you probably would have been sneaking out with them and thought nothing, yeah. you know, thought nothing of it. And all these other girls who are. Well, because back to the values, if you don't yeah. establish these values or like um, what's right or wrong for your household, then um, and for your kids, 
then they have no concept of what's right or wrong either. Yeah. So like, I mean, you do have the, the Holy Spirit who in discernment that does ultimately like, if somebody says, let's sneak out and we're whispering and stuff, like, you know, you shouldn't. Right. Like a part Everybody of Everybody has does. this internal check. Yeah. Whether they, whether we call it the Holy Spirit, you know, whether they acknowledge that or not, but there's, I mean, there's gut this feeling. internal gut feeling in this yeah. check that everybody deals with that. Like, oh, that's just, that's not right. It's not right to do that. But other people want to push those boundaries. And then other people are like, oh, it's just not right. But they do it anyway, because they don't want to be the oddball. They don't want to be made fun of or whatever the case may be. Yeah. But I think it's important too. you. You mentioned something. Well, two, two points on that is, I mean, here, because you stood up and you made a decision, it changed the other people who said yes to now agree like, okay, oh, finally somebody gave them an opportunity to really vote their conscience now at that point. Right. Right. Which and, then kind of went back to the, okay, we're raising leaders, this why sort of thing. I'm like, right. I was a leader in this situation. Yes. Like, so, but keep going with your points. Yeah. So, yeah. So she, she now steps up as the oddball and she now demonstrates leadership to where now she influenced other people who had already made a decision. She now influenced people to change their decision because now it was safe for them to vote no. See, so somebody else that, that they respected, you know, made it, made a decision and it it influenced the other people. And, And ultimately what happened we didn't sneak out nobody snuck out because one because one leader stepped up and influenced the one person initially started trying to influence the whole group to do something now i want to say bad push the envelope yeah push the boundaries push the boundaries break the rules whatever you want to say you know disobey rules you know do something that everybody else knew they shouldn't be doing influenced all the other ones until it got to one who then changed the influence and then nobody ended up sneaking out. I mean, that's a huge life lesson. And at that point to experience that early on in a, in a young grade school um, environment and setting was pretty huge. And just, I mean, gosh, like peer pressure is hard and it only, it gets every stage comes with a new peer pressure and a tougher peer pressure to overcome. And so it's never really like you overcome this peer pressure. Because right. every stage as you grow, so does the peer pressure. And but if you can just like remember all the times you did say no. And so that's also a key thing is we kept talking about this moment. Like throughout high school, these things you were like, remember that one time you did say no though, and you stood up and this changed the influence. Right. And I was like, Oh yeah, I have said no before. Like I can say no again. Like just all these kinds of things, yeah. like. But yeah, well, we also we also talk about the emotion behind it. Like, okay, right. you felt the emotion, right? You felt the pressure. Yeah. So that's what we want to talk about, you know, with our kids. You're going to feel this stress. You're going to feel this pressure. But here's how you overcome it. If we don't help them learn how to overcome it, then, and, and obviously, I mean, as parents, we have to have overcome those situations too. I couldn't speak about that if I hadn't overcome right see so I have I have to have overcome that same thing how can I teach her something if I didn't overcome that same something right see so how could you describe the feeling of overcoming if you had never overcome right or the greatness that's on the other side correct 
Yeah. So, and know. ultimately what I love too about this whole training age group, um, now that we talk about it more is just that the choice lies in the kids' hands, ultimately, like your philosophy of training leaders, um, means that we get to choose if we're the leaders, like the kid still has to choose and respond parents. Right. So, I mean, if your kid doesn't choose or respond, you're not a bad parent. You're not right. a failure. Like they still have to respond. Right. And so you can talk like you can talk about peer pressure and you can talk and prepare them for the next things. And if they don't respond, I mean, you're trying your best here. <laughs> right. So they still have to respond. And that's what I appreciate. Like even now and today, you always, if somebody compliments me or compliments one of your kids, you're like, well, they responded. And so, um, yeah, a lot of people will come up to me like, man, you, you raised a good, you raised your kids were, you know, you did a good job raising Madison. And I said, well, thank you very much. I, I did my part, but Madison responded very well. So she did her part too. So, so it was a team effort. So it wasn't all, it wasn't all on me. I'm not taking all the credit. You know, Madison had a lot to do with it. She responded and she stepped up to the plate and she did very well. And that, that also builds confidence, you know, especially if that's, I mean, because Madison, a lot of times is sitting there listening to the parents tell me that, oh, you did a great job raising Madison. If I take all the credit, you know, then Madison would be like, wait, I mean, I have nothing to do with this, right? you know, especially at this age, you know, I mean, it's, it's kind of like in a business, like how you guys feel when, right. um, somebody compliments the boss and like, wow, this project just turned out incredible or this, and they just don't compliment any of the other any, people yeah, involved. The other They're people. like, thank yeah. you. I really just yeah. did incredible. Right. And they just pat themselves on the back and you're like, okay, well, it just doesn't make you feel good. Right. And so, yeah, that over time, if I had heard that over and over again, it might've created right. a bit of a distrust or something, but I wanted to go um, back to, you just said something there as well. Um, gosh, I lost it with my last thought, but. Well, let me add a thought and then yeah. maybe this will catch it up because okay. I had one more thought and yeah. you had mentioned that even if you, in the peer pressure moment, you had this thought that even if nobody else did anything, you knew that you could come home to your dad that had your back. Yeah. And I tell you that that is a huge thing because there's been other situations where I had to, I had to make some tough, some tough choices and confront even family members who I had to take Madison's side and show her that I have her back. Even, mm. you know, you know, she, she knew that when it, when it went to school that she could confront the teachers and that, um, you know, something happened, they would always, you know, they would always, I would always have her back. Yeah. And yeah. so there's, there's been, you know, we're not going to necessarily get into that, but I'm just telling you the trust level through this age group is critical parents that if you can do it properly. And again, I'm not saying there's, this is not a formula. I wish I had a formula. There's no formula because it doesn't work with everyone. It doesn't work with every child. Every child is different, but, and that's where the uniqueness comes. And we got to find how to, where those, it's almost like the personality types you know, how are the love languages, how, how you can develop the love languages, 
with your children and understand them so that they feel loved and, and appreciated and, and, and stuff. So. I think what I was going to point out too, is even if I had made a mistake in that situation and snuck out and did that, or like, didn't say no, didn't stand up. Like, I think that was a huge moment, but I think even if I didn't do that, like, you still would have loved me. Like, oh yeah. You, it, like you still would have like had my back in other situations. It wasn't like a, a one moment peer, we would have still talked about peer pressure. Right. We would have still talked about these things. Like, I mean, even if I never told you, we'd still prepare for the next moment, like yeah. the next peer pressure moment. And so, and it was never like this big guilt or like shame, I feel like that you placed on me. Right. That's good. And so um, I think that it's a huge moment to celebrate that we could celebrate that. But and it helped me face peer pressure, like the moving forward. But yeah, even if I didn't, I still would have been there. So I think that's really important in this age range as well. Yeah. Is this and they're going to make mistakes. Right. Like, they're going to make mistakes and, and it's okay. And, and again, that's part of the training. Yeah. I mean, in training, I mean, there, you learn from making mistakes. And so at this age group, I mean, yeah, the mis they're going to make mistakes, but they're, the mistakes aren't so critical at this age. So it's a great training ground where you can, you know, allow some freedoms and allow them to make their own choices. And if they make the choice that you don't agree with, well, that's, that's, that's okay. Let's build from it. We still could have talked about, well, tell me about the emotion of it that led up. Did you feel this emotion? I was, I was all about, you know, the mindset and the emotion you know, behind these, these choices and these decisions and helping them understand, you know, those things that were, that they were feeling and experiencing, because they're going to experience that for the rest of their life. Well, and because the emotion is the strongest factor in the, the heat of the moment, right? Like, within the heat of the moment of peer pressure or anything like that, like, it's the anxiety of saying no, or like, what if they don't like me? What if I don't have any friends after this? Or, just all those thoughts and emotions. And so the fact that we could prep on that and even, and then debrief for right. lack of a better word right. um, on that at the end was really important. Um, but I think another thing that was huge in this like age range is you're introduced to all these new people, like all these people who have maybe different toys than you and are getting all this and comparison starts to become a big factor as well. Um, what do you have to say about that? Yeah, again, you know, every, every family is different. Everybody, I, I think I, I want to preface that maybe, you know, into a comment that I made in the last episode is that a lot of times parenting, you know, now, now their parents, the parenting ideologies start to come from their past experience as a child. And if they felt deprived or if they're not, uh, for lack of better words, a whole person, if they don't have a foundation within themselves, then they're going to try to please their child. They're going to not want their child to hate them. They're going to not want their child to, to you know, not like them. And, and so they might give them things. And 
just because and the, i mean over over buy toy i mean this these family has every toy in the world and but it didn't do nothing for the relationship it's kind of like the was the song can't buy me love and um i mean it's just gifts and toys and all this stuff is not in my opinion is not what they're looking for they're not looking for an overwhelming well and if you think about it too like those toys go away yeah they get new they have new likes eventually with clothes all you have to buy new ones eventually like the tv system there's always a new tv gaming system all of these things right those things all pass and so when your kid is older and you can no longer like buy them toys for excitement or love like what's still there as a foundation what's still there connecting you guys that's not just money does that make sense oh yeah and that, I mean, that's, and that's all about the, the relationship that we're building. I mean, you, you come home and I mean, here, here's an eight-year-old that has a phone. Like, I'm not buying my eight-year-old a phone. What do they need a phone for? Yeah. I think I that mean, was probably a topic of like, once you get into grade school yeah, and well, stuff I want like a phone. that, well, it's the name brand things that start coming out. Yeah. Like the things where I'm like, I need the name brand jeans. I right. need the miss me jeans that are $200 a piece or something and you're like no yeah, regular no, jeans are fine. you see what i don't realize as a kid is that you understand the concept that these things will pass and so like well and i'm not yeah. and you're also like providing and you've got all of these things that are going through your mind and doing these things and you're not trying to please me you're not trying to make me love you well and i'm just, not 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 even just pleasing you like i'm not i'm not bothered that i don't have the name brand thing I don't, right. I, I don't, I'm not going to allow society to peer pressure me into their economic games that, you know, they have, they use peer pressure all the time for their products and brand awareness stuff. And I'm not, I don't buy it. I'm not peer pressured into that. And so I'm going to, I'm going to teach them, like, I don't care if this parent, what they think about me, you know, they don't know who I am. Although they didn't buy their kids, the, you know, now they buy their kid the, designer jeans okay and now what what is it i mean that doesn't i don't care i mean you want to look a certain way towards me as a parent because i didn't buy my kid a jeans or whatever so i'm trying to cast that same peer pressure the same thing i'm trying to teach my kids is now showing up in a pair of jeans right right and so now it's the life lessons and now we're i mean there's no different i mean we're not going to fall into that peer pressure in this Oh, they have name brand clothes and we don't type of thing. They're rich, we're poor. No, that's not what that means. We got to get beyond that. So I'm not, I'm not just going to go buy jeans because everybody else in the school has a pair of jeans. Well, you make a really good point right here too, as like, so as the parent, you are leading by example, not just by what you say. So like, with this whole keeping up with the Joneses, the peer pressure to fit into society, like th that sort of thing. So we're talking about peer pressure over here at the same time where you're having to say no to peer pressure. Right. Because you've already overcome it. You can teach me. But if you were falling into peer pressure and you were doing things, buying iPhones just because everybody has an iPhone, buying like this house just because this or this car or whatever, like what is that teaching your kids though? If you're right. tell talking to them about peer pressure over here, but falling into peer pressure over here. 
Well, and that's, I mean, now we're starting to about, you know, we haven't really touched about on this, but we'll probably for time's sake, we'll, we'll, we'll cover this in the next episode about consequences. Mm-hmm. Okay. So. And rewards. And re- yeah, rewards and consequences. And yeah. so now if, if your, your son, daughter come by, comes home and they want this new thing or this pair of jeans or this new phone and you always are giving it to them, what does that teach them? Because that's not life. Society does not reward every desire and want that we have. Mm-hmm. That's just not life. We're not preparing them for the next phase in life. You just give them whatever they want. Well, that, I mean, sorry, when I grew up, that was called a spoiled brat. Now we're training, we're raising spoiled brats to get whatever they want. And when they don't, they give you an attitude. And so now, now to avoid the attitude, you just keep giving to them. Do you see what you're creating? So no, there's a time where, you know, and even, you know, it's just the, the value of no, no, we're not getting that. I'm not, one, I'm not following for the peer pressure. Number two, you just need to know that we're not getting it. And you need to know that you're not going to get everything that you want and everything that society tells you you're supposed to have. And just because Johnny and Susie at school have it and you think you want it or otherwise you're not going to fit in. Sorry, we're going to have to deal with that emotion. Yeah. I didn't even realize until you, you said it right now, just like the reason behind that of like life doesn't, doesn't just give you what you want. Right. Like a lot of times you have to earn what you get in life. Like not saying that you made us earn everything that we got, but we, I mean, pretty early on started talking about earning and, um, provided a safe environment where like, um, we'll probably get into it a little more in the next episode, but like provided a safe environment where I could make money with you. Right. Um, and how I spent that money. We talked about it. Like we talked about savings. We talked about, oh, do you really want this item? And just the value of that item and what that looks like. And just all those factors too. Like that started to come into place too. And as far as consequences and rewards too, I remember us rewarding us for like grades or like for if we did something behavior wise or just anything that was like really good and you would reward us. You would give us money for like getting good grades or, um, but with grades, we're gonna have to get into that too as well. Cause you would, your philosophy wasn't just an A, it right. was what was your personal, personal best. best. And if you felt like our personal best was a C and we were consistently getting a C, you were proud of us. That would be a reward. Right. Like we would get that. But if you knew we could do better and, um, we were slacking off or something like that. Like if I was consistently getting A's and just consistently doing this and suddenly I get like a C and you're like, okay, well, like, let's talk about this. Is it just a tough subject or are, is this really your personal best? Yeah. So personal best is something we'll have to talk about next episode yeah. as well. Next episode. Cause now we're getting <laughs> the next age group up. So now there's man consequences, life lessons, personal best. I mean, yeah. Next, next episode is going to be loaded. Which I'm excited because I have a lot to say about that age group too. Yeah. Because <laughs> I remember a lot from that age group. Right. These last couple, I only have certain things that I remember. Right. But yeah. I remember quite a bit about those middle school, high school years and what we, I learned through them and you taught me. So. And I it's guess- important to know as, as we get into this, you know, kind of wrap up one final thought on, yeah. on this is that. What, what we're going to start talking about, Madison's going to share, 
it's because of the years of relationship building through this age group that now sets up for this next next age group. So now what she's going to remember and talk about all happened because of this age group. It didn't just all of a sudden click and all of a sudden there's relationship. That's not how it works. Mm. So all this trust and relationship, it took years of, of effort in, in working in, in working in times of inconvenience to build. I mean, we, I was intentional, maybe, you know, I was intentional to keep on working on trying to build this relationship with, with the kids and to the best of my ability, to the best of, you know, what, what I knew. And it, it will now show when you hear the next episode and what she'll have to share, you know, a lot of that's a result of this time frame. So is that the biggest encouragement to parents throughout this age group is to really focus on the relationship and trust building aspect? Yeah, I mean, I, I would definitely, you know, encourage that. I mean, this is, this is the time where they, they, you know, the bond is starting to form and they, they need, they need that safety. They need that security. And um, this is the age, this is the age that they start, they start to now consciously realize, does mom and dad have my back? Or am I going to be battling? Am I trying to push the envelope with mom and dad all the time? Do I respect them? You know, these are these are the things that they're starting to process and analyze, and it's going to start showing. I would also say for like me as an encouragement to parents in this age group, like make sure your actions match your words, because that's where the trust comes in. Like your kids are constantly watching you, but like there is a couple key moments within this age. That if you didn't stand up for me or didn't have my back, like your actions weren't matching your words then. Like, right. and so that's where the trust is built when you're consistently who you say you are parents, like that's where the relationship and trust is built throughout this age group. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of nights of just listening, just sitting and listen, answer questions, let them cry. You know, there's just, a, yeah, it's a lot of whatever they need to do yeah just be in there they know you're there yeah that's the security yeah so well thank you all for tuning in i hope you guys uh got a lot out of this and uh, learned some stuff and uh please tune in next time it's going to be a really good one on on our next episode thanks so much for joining us today on the legacy builders podcast we would love to hear from all of you. Go tag us on Facebook and Instagram and let us know what the biggest takeaway from today's episode was.